It's good to be here, isn't it? That, that didn't seem very exciting. It's good to be here, isn't it? Yeah. But we can't keep it to ourselves, you know. Maybe you heard it today and, and that those, those great moments when Jesus invites Peter, James, and John, and, and they go up on the mountain, and, and Jesus leads them up there. And it's kind of like Jesus' little small group within the group of 12. They go up on the mountainside. It says that there he was transfigured before them. They, his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as, as white as the light. And just then there appeared before them. There, there's Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. I mean, these, these are giants of the faith. And, and there they are. And, and, you know, you've heard me share this before. I've always wondered this. How did they know it was Moses or Elijah? I mean, were they wearing their church name tags? Were they, I mean, what was it about these guys that they looked just like the Sunday school materials and the pictures they had from when they were growing up? Oh, yeah, that's Moses. Looks just like the illustrations we had. Like, of course not, right? They just knew. Because there was in the presence of Almighty God. And God was appearing and revealing to them who He is as Almighty God. That He's a God who's fulfilling His promises through His people. Promises made through the likes of Moses and Elijah. And and you know, it makes sense as as Peter's taken this all in. And and there's this bright cloud that covers them. and, And then Peter says to Jesus... Lord, it's good to be here. Did you catch that? It's good to be here, Jesus. Tell you what, I'll build some shelters so we can hang out here a little longer because it's really good to be here. I mean, isn't that often our response when we're in that moment like, wow, God is present. It's good to be here. Hey, let's stay here. Let's, let's get comfortable. Let's, let's stay where we are because you know what? It's good to be here. <laughs> Problem is, is when we hang around Jesus, he doesn't let us keep it that way. He doesn't let us keep it to ourselves. That's what happens here. Peter wants to build shelters, wants to hang out and just say, hey, let's just keep a good thing going here. Jesus, this is comfortable. This is wonderful. We got our small group. Everything's great. And and then the father says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And it says, when the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground. They were terrified. But then Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And I love this. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Oh, may it be so with us. May we see nothing but Jesus leading us, guiding us, blessing us. The one who doesn't stay on the mountain but comes down into the valley of suffering on our behalf and goes the way of a cross to lay down his life once and for all. I mean, if if Jesus had followed Peter's idea, they'd still be up on the mountain hanging out with Moses and Elijah, but Jesus makes it clear when it's good to be with him and as it is, you can't keep it to yourself because God leads us sometimes through valleys and he leads us through difficult places and challenging places, places where his, his presence is made available not just to a small group but to people who are hurting and broken and in pain. It's not all about mountaintop experiences. It's about bringing the love and the message of the cross even into the valleys. 
It's good to be here today. But we can't keep it to ourselves. Maybe you saw in the video, or if you know our story, as, as a church and a school, you know, going back 100 years ago, this weekend, yesterday was the day, February 22nd, when six families gathered in this house. Used to be on Dre Street over on the north side of town, and it was the home of, of Henry and Anna Kitchenmaster, who lived there. And, and by the way, someone had said, well, no, they lived over here. Well, they moved later, and they came closer to St. John's campus here. But originally, they lived over on Dre Street, and they had gathered some other families together, six families. They had been praying together, studying God's Word together, and, and it became clear, let's start a congregation. And, and someone suggested, well, maybe, maybe the pastor down in Royal Oak would help us. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, back in 1920, Royal Oak's still a long ways away. In 1920, it was a long, long way away, especially in the wintertime. And, and they talked to Reverend Otto Frinke and put his picture up on there. I, I'm just thinking, man, you did not mess around in his confirmation class, right? Um, no, they, they talked to him and asked if he would be willing to come and, and meet with their small group on an ongoing basis, and they made an agreement. He would come up every other Sunday and, and meet in their home uh, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and this would be after uh, he did morning worship at, at St. Paul Royal Oak and led Bible class, and he'd come up and, and meet with them and lead worship and spend time with God's people here. And these six families gathering every other week, they started to grow in God's Word, and you know what? It was good to be there. It was. God was having his way. And, and it happened that on February 22nd, in that year, 1920, they formed and wrote a constitution. We even have it, and you'll see it in the coming months, of uh, the original document, hand-scribed in German by Pastor Frankie, who was taking notes at the meeting, as they formed what would become St. John Lutheran Church and eventually church and school. And, and what a day that was. And imagine how excited they must have been for their future of what God was about to do in and through them. Now, they could have easily said, I mean, what if they'd said this? You know what? It's really good to be here. Let's keep this to ourselves. I mean, after all, they're German immigrants. They're speaking German. They're German families. It's really comfortable. It feels really good. It's good to be here. Let's keep it to ourselves. <laughs> but the thing is, is when it comes to the love of Jesus, you can't. It's impossible. People try, people forget, they get comfortable all the time, but you know, when it comes to the love of Jesus that changes and transforms lives, you can't keep it to yourself. And praise be to God, they didn't. <laughs> because more and more were added to their number. Oh, those first 11 years were tough, and, and praise God for Pastor Frankie. I was thinking about this and pondering this. I don't know, when I'm done with worship on a Sunday, I just want to go and have a nap. And here he was coming up here all those years, 11 years. Every other weekend he would come up here. And in, it was in 1928, um, he started leading some of the services in English, not in, just in German, as they realized a lot of the kids were having a harder understanding of, of the Germans, so they were switching over to English. And they rotated every other one, and a couple years later it was all in English. And what if they said, you know what, it's good to be here. Let's keep it in German because that's what we are. And, but the love of Jesus doesn't let you do that. The love of Jesus says we want people to know and to hear and understand and to reach out and grow. And that's what they did. They continued to grow. So much so that in 1931, 
they were able to call their first full-time pastor, and Pastor Zeiser. And his arrival must have been an amazing day. And to give thanks to God for a full-time pastor among them here in this community, a, a church that had this opportunity now in a full-time way to be led and walk together as, as people of God and, and to see what God would do among them. And yet they still didn't have a, t- a permanent place to worship. They, they were renting spaces. I love how our history shares this. I mean, you think about one of the first places they, they rented was uh, the, um, the town hall, which is now the Paint Creek uh, Center for the Arts downtown. They, they rented uh, what is now Little's Pharmacy. That used to be the opera house in town. They rented that for a while. They, uh, they rented the local Legion Hall for a while. And then uh, in 1935... They were able to pull together, and I love this, even with the help of Church Extension Fund back then, they were able to purchase a property, a residence that used to stand at the corner of Walnut and 2nd Street, and they renovated this house, which became their first permanent home of of worship and and center in the middle of this community. And some years later, as as the, the vision came and as God was adding more and more families to the mix as the love of Jesus was having its way, a beautiful thing happened. They said, you know, let's start a school ministry, a children's ministry, a full-time children's ministry, school ministry. And, and, and they went to the city council to, to get approval to renovate part of the, the residence into a school. And, and then it happened. The, the request was declined. And you got to think, all right, they've put down a mortgage on this property, and now they find out they can't do a school like that God was leading to them to. And I'm thinking, what if they just said, well, it's good to be here I guess we're just going to have to keep doing what we've always done. You know, when it comes to the love of Jesus, you can't do that. God was continuing to lead them, and and it was within a a few years as they continued to grow in that vision for a school and and reaching out to families in this community with the love of Christ. It led them to not sell the farm, but purchase the farm, the Brewster Farm, right here. This is where we're at. And that purchase that occurred in the 40s. And, and, And a barn that was on site, some of you remember that barn. Arnie, you remember that barn. And, and some went to school in that barn and, and a fellowship hall and a, and a school on site here, parsonage on the corner and a barn that was converted into multi-use and, and how God continued to bless that. And then you fast forward a little later in the 40s and, and as God was continuing to just bring a boom of growth among his people here, they couldn't keep it to themselves. A huge decision point came. And, and this is one always blows me away. Where as a, a people of God coming together, saying it is good to be here, but we need to continue to grow. We need to continue to share the love of Jesus because you can't keep it to yourselves. They made a decision as a congregation, uh, as they were still paying a mortgage on the property downtown that hadn't sold, and they were still paying a mortgage on the, the improvements that they'd made on this campus and the land that they'd purchased. They did a huge step of faith. And they decided to build a sanctuary on this site. And if you've ever walked into our chapel, that original altar, and, and you look up at the ceiling, either, whether up in the choir room or in the, in the chapel, you see that original frame of that sanctuary that went forward. We, we did the math on this. And if you take per population and, and membership back then compared to today, it would be the equivalent of us to taking on a $10 to $12 million project all at once. And they did it. But what if they hadn't? What if they said, it's good to be here, let's keep it to ourselves. But they couldn't, because the love of God was continuing to move among them. 
And you fast forward through time, and here we are. And you know, I'm not going to go through 100 years of history of all the amazing pastors that God has blessed this congregation with, and teachers, and leaders, and people of God that have come through and, and made an eternal difference by the Spirit's leading in their life as the Word of God and the sacraments have had their way in their lives. Lives have been transformed. And I'm so grateful today. It is good to be here. And I'm so thankful that through our history, they didn't keep it to themselves. We were adding this all up. 4,071 people have been baptized in the last 100 years. 4,915 have been confirmed in their faith, celebrating their witness in Jesus through their baptism. 1,741 weddings have occurred among us. We've had 2,557 kids graduate from our school, and we've had thousands more that have attended our school at various levels, whether it be in preschool or or grade school, and maybe moved away. And, And you think of the thousands of lives that have been impacted through the ministry of St. John Lutheran Church and School. The other day, we we had two brothers uh, in their 60s and 70s had stopped by, and with tears in their eyes shared how this ministry had made a difference in their lives when they were little boys and and going through a very tumultuous time in their family that was in in turmoil and and how the the ministry of St. John Lutheran School brought them in and and sheltered them with the love of Christ and Jesus that they knew they had a community, they knew they had a family when they felt in many ways they didn't and yet they did. And to be instilled with the love of Christ in their lives. What if those six families had kept it to themselves? They didn't. You can't keep it to yourself because it's good to be here, but it's meant to be shared with the love of Christ. And that's continued to happen throughout our history. I think about our reader today and Adele and and Majida, his mom. They're from Jordan. And and God led them to St. John as as Adele, who's a student at at OU, was looking for a church and a school for his family that were were immigrating here from from Jordan and, and found St. John in the school tour that happened that day and, and Faisal who became a student at our school and now is at Lutheran High Northwest and I'm telling you he's going to be a pastor one day. <laughs> what if we had kept it to ourselves as God continues to have his way among us? These are amazing days and we look back on a century of God's grace and faithfulness among us but we also look forward. It's good to be here but may we not stop keeping it and not to ourselves, but sharing the love of Christ and the impact eternally that he makes. It's good to be here. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you on this anniversary weekend for your faithfulness throughout the years. And we thank you for that leading and your faithfulness as our God and our Savior in Christ. So bless us, not only as we look back, but as we look forward. For all that is ahead, as we walk by faith and boldness, in the same spirit of your people of old, being led by the cross, our Savior Jesus' sacrificial love, and a love that leads us to go and tell and share, not keeping it to ourselves. We praise you for that gift in Jesus' name, today and forever. Amen. Amen. Oh, and one more thing, a message from our students. They said, happy anniversary, St. John. (laughs) Translation needed. And it wasn't in German, though. We'll add that. (laughs)